You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Great. Well, um, excited to be with you this morning. I just want to address the elephant in the room. I'm sorry the votes have come in. Once again, fourth year in a row, I am the best dad in the galaxy, but it's a heavy mantle to be carried, but my children counted all the votes so you can be assured it's accurate. Let me, let me pray for us. God, we thank you uh, for the way that you have loved us and pursued us. We thank you for setting us free. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would lead us this morning into truth that leads to life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, awkward Sunday for Kit and I, because this is Tommy. Tommy just transitioned. He just left with the middle schoolers. So, it was a little weird. Um, our first one that's, that's going into the middle school ministry. And uh, he had his last hurrah in Washington, D.C. All the patrols went to D.C. to do the tours, apparently with every other child in the United States of America um, on the same day. And uh, so anyways, we, we, we went up there because uh, Kit's brother lives up there and we got to, to hook up with uh, the fifth grade and go and do some of the, some, look at some of the things. And it, it was amazing. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've, I've looked at that probably since I was an adult, and even when I was really little. But to go and to see, like, the, the, the Vietnam Memorial and just, I mean, I was just struck. I've seen pictures of it, but when you see it, it just goes on and on with the, the names. The names, they just go on forever. And so we walk, we walk through that, and we walk through the World War II Memorial, which is incredible, um, it was amazing. So we, we got to go and, and walk through these, these different memorials. And, and it was just, it was like affecting me. And I, I didn't really know how. And um, on the last day, we went to the Arlington Cemetery, which again, is incredible. I couldn't ever remember being there before. And at one point, Tommy, so it's just, at this point, it's just Kit and I and Tommy. The other kids are staying with uh, their aunt and uncle, and we're just walking through the cemetery. And he says to us, um, you know, that the, the tombstones, they just go on as far as the eye can see. And he's right. As far as the eye could see, it was just, it was just tombstones, just names of people who, have, who had given their lives in the service of of the country. And so I, it was this weird experience of, of being surrounded by that. And he says this to us, and I, I tell him, like, well, these are people that have, have sacrificed for our freedom. These are people who have sacrificed for the freedom of their families and then for, for people they didn't even know, like us. Us. Without ever knowing you, they sacrificed for us. And so it's kind of a teaching moment. Um, being the best dad in the galaxy, you look for those things. Um, <laughs> But, you know, to talk about the, the, the mission that they set out to accomplish, that they continue to set out to accomplish, to sacrifice, to set people free and to keep them free. People giving up time, giving up their lives. And you'd see, you'd see husband and wife. And so you would think not just the husband or the wife who went off to serve, but the one who stayed behind. And the sacrifice that they were willing to make to be able to do that. People in our body who, who do that. I think about David and Megan Mahalik, Tim and Nikki Turner, who we're going to pray for today in our ministry time. Tim, who's about to leave and be deployed for like six months. He's going to leave his family to secure the freedom of his family and to secure the freedom of people 
He doesn't even know. The sacrifice there. So anyways, all of this, it's not, and we're not going to sing like glory, glory, hallelujah, America, but, but it's, it's something for us to consider is the level of sacrifice. I was talking to somebody and they said, if World War II happened today, would we stand up for the mission and sacrifice the way that, that previous generations had? Would we, would we be willing to do that? So I have this kind of weird, I don't know what God's doing. I just, you know, it's just affecting me, right? So that night, I'm on Facebook. What else would you do? Um, so I'm on Facebook, and somebody posted a blog. No judgment here. No judgment here. Just know that if you post something on Facebook, occasionally people will read it, all right? Unless it's a video of your kids, no one will watch it, right? I won't. I don't even watch my own videos. But so somebody posted this blog, and, uh, which I read, and it was, it was interesting, and it was talking about how suburban culture is destroying the, quote, American family, how suburban culture is destroying the American family. And it made some really good points, and it talked about how work is pulling us away from, you know, we're, we're sacrificing our lives for our work, and there's people that will work, you know, 60 hours a week, and, and next thing you know, years have gone by, and they don't know their children, and it's just talking about how we, we give our, our lives to our work or to education, and how, you, you know, our kids are working so hard in school that we miss all these opportunities to be with them, and things like that, and at the end of the article, it talked about church, and it said how how church is tearing the family apart because we're, of all the time that it takes from us. Between going to church on Sunday, if you volunteer, if you participate on a Wednesday, and how it, you know, it's destroying the American family. And it hit me, I was like, man, there's something wrong here. And in the comments, one of the comments from, from someone, they said, yeah, that's so true. That's why this one denomination, I won't mention the denomination, this one denomination has it right. One hour and you're done. You're in, you're out, nobody gets hurt, right? They didn't say that. But they said, you know, it's the whole idea of one hour. Man, that's what church should be. You show up, you get it done. An hour, you're in, you're out, that's it. And it struck me in light of this, this huge contrast, right, of, of seeing people willing to sacrifice in, in, in a way for a, for a mission that was so much greater than any one person. It was so much greater than any one family. People willing to sacrifice for that and then to see, oh yeah, an hour, that's what it should be. And it just struck me, what is the mission that we sacrifice for? What does it look like to follow Jesus? Is church really just coming to hear an encouraging message and then we all go to lunch? Is, 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 that the, the, is that what we are about? What if everyone took that approach? What if the church became a church of people who said, you know what, it's, it's one hour on Sunday, just get it over with and everything will be good. What, if, what would church look like? Would we accomplish the, the, the ministry of Jesus? Would we set people free? Would we, would we find the people that don't even know that they're loved by the Father? Would we show them the love of the Father? Would we find those that think they're unlovable and, and, and demonstrate the kingdom of God and advance his rulership and his reign and set people free, set the, the poor free? Would we accomplish that if everyone had that mentality? We, we, we could just hire people to do it, right? Ah, I've seen the finances. We can't. <laughs> Not unless we're willing to sacrifice 
money. If we're going to accomplish the ministry and we say we're only going to do it in an hour, it's not going to happen. It cannot happen. So is the mission worth it? Is there a sacrifice that we should be making? What does the scriptures tell us? And so that's really this morning what I want to look at. The mission of the church. And, and just in the little bit of time that we have, I want to, I want to every one of these passages that we're going to look at could be its own sermon. Every one of the passages that we're going to look at could be its own sermon. What I'm going to try and do is to go through these passages and look through it together to answer the question of what do the scriptures tell us in, in the context of sacrifice? What, are the, what does the scripture tell us about sacrificing for the mission of the church and the mission of Jesus? So let's take a look at John chapter 15, verse 13. The context of this, Jesus has just told them about love people the way that I have loved you. Love people the way that, you, that I've loved you. Remember, he's also said love your enemies, right? Love, love everyone, basically. That love is, is the key and that we should love the way that he's loved. And then he says this, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Let's look at Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 45. Jesus called them together and he said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The incarnation of God, Jesus, comes not to be served, but to serve, to sacrifice, to give of himself. He didn't consider equality with God, the fact that he was God. He didn't consider that something to be held on to, but instead he made himself known as a man, and he served. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, we've been talking about Romans the last few weeks, right? Romans 12, he says, therefore, in light of all the things that we've been talking about, in light of the fact that Jesus has brought you a righteousness, not of your own doing, but of the work that he did on the cross, there is no more condemnation. There is more, no more effort to earn God's favor. God has given you his favor in Jesus. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy that we just talked about, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This, this is your true and proper worship. Your spiritual worship, another translation would say. This idea of a living sacrifice, a life consumed with the service of the kingdom of God. Elements of sacrifice all through the scriptures. I mean, I, we could go on and on. These passages reflect, though, this, this idea that we, as followers of Jesus, we who would say, I believe, I believe in what Jesus has promised and I believe in what Jesus has accomplished for me and I want to experience that. I want to experience the freedom. I want to experience the love. I want to experience the, all the things that Jesus has promised us. In order for us to mature in that process, we should be practicing sacrifice. And that's hard to hear. We should be practicing sacrifice. We should be looking for opportunities 
to deny ourselves. We should be looking for opportunities to sacrifice in the service of the kingdom of God, to follow him, to follow Jesus, to call him Lord, to participate in his mission here on earth, to join in his body as his kingdom is proclaimed and captives are set free. This will require sacrifice. It will require sacrifice if we want to be a part of it. Why? Why would you sacrifice if you don't have to? Why would you, why would you even go down this process of sacrificing? I was thinking about this. Well, to love anyone, to love anyone is to sacrifice, right? To love anyone is to give up your own rights and to love them. It's a continual pouring out of yourself. Problems in your marriage, just as an example, the number one cause of issues in marriage is from Tim Keller, not me. Selfishness, right? Somebody not willing to sacrifice, somebody not willing to give up their pride, somebody not willing to give up their time, somebody not willing to give up their whatever. Sacrifice is a demonstration of love. That's how we demonstrate love to others, to God, to anyone. Why? Why should we sacrifice to, to demonstrate love? Paul would say to submit to one another. That is to give up your rights to one another. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for the church. Just examples of why would we sacrifice if we don't have to? Because it demonstrates love. And we know that in the process of demonstrating love, we experience life. Okay, back to my blogger. So, because I'm Tom Rossi, I have to write the guy back and tell him about his blog post. So we get into a discussion. And you know, what I told him was, I said, what? We sacrifice on Sunday and we sacrifice during the week and we sacrifice for the mission of the church because the mission is great enough that we would sacrifice. We sacrifice because the body of Christ is worth it. Being part of the body of Christ, advancing his kingdom, is worth it. And church And he was talking about family. I said, church is an extension of family. Church is similar to family. Think about this. You don't pick your members of your family. Don't pick the members of the church. A lot of us disagree. (laughs) But we stay together because there's something greater that we're we're on this mission together. There's something that, that we stay together for. But that wasn't good enough for him. And so we got into a discussion about, well, what is a church? What is a church? So I just want to put up this definition. This, I think, was the best I could come up with. That the church is the community of Jesus' followers from differing backgrounds that join together to continue his ministry of proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom of God. That we, we, as the local church, we're part of a much bigger church. But as part of our local church, we are a community. We, we have each other's needs in common. We know each other. We know each other in a way that we don't know people from other areas, that we don't know other people in the body of Christ. We know our local church, and we all come from different backgrounds. The degree that we have different backgrounds, the healthier we are as a local church. Then we come together and we participate. We don't observe. We don't sit back and watch God do things. We get to participate. This is the venue that God advances his kingdom and that we get to participate in his ministry. His ministry, proclaiming, that is teaching and talking and speaking and and 
talking about those things, but also demonstrating the kingdom of God as we set people free, as we pray for healing, as we do all the things that Jesus did, we continue his ministry. That is a picture of the church. He wanted to talk about, you know, what denomination and whether or not you meet in a church building or whatever. It, all of that to me, I think we can debate. But, but this, this is the picture that we see. Is anybody watching AD, the, the TV miniseries? It's pretty interesting. Like, I like, I like the picture because it, it forces you to actually picture what did the church look like? What did the church look like? And this, I think, is a, is a picture of what it looked like. You have all these different people from different backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. They come together and they say, I'm going to follow Jesus. And they start to share one another's needs and they start to share with one another. They're going and they're selling everything that they have and they're bringing it to the community and they're saying, I want to be a part of the ministry that God has started. How can I be a part of this? I love, I love that picture. What greater mission is there than to seek and to save the lost, to set the captives free, to continue the ministry of Jesus and empowered by his Holy Spirit? Together, we, we, we join in on this and we bring our resources our time, our money, our talent, our gifts, our abilities, we bring them and we say, how can they be used in the purpose of this? I want to be a living sacrifice. I want my life to be consumed as a living sacrifice in the pursuit of this mission that Jesus has started. Together we sacrifice for that mission. Well, last week Elizabeth Elliot died. And it just struck me, Elizabeth Elliot is somebody who sacrificed so much. For what? For what? For this mission. She inspires so much of us. Why does she inspire us? Because we look at her and we say, that's, that's what I want. I want to, to sacrifice. I want to live a life of sacrifice for a mission that is greater than I am. There is some part of us that God has, has called us into to want that. In this process, we demonstrate it, right? The original, the original thing that kind of set this off for me was just, you know, you, you get separated from your kids at church, and so he was saying it deteriorates the family. But really, what happens is we demonstrate for our children. We demonstrate for our children what it means to serve a higher purpose. I think about my daughter, Rin. She's like the most, like her love language is quality time and words, period, just words, not even affirmation, just words in general. <laughs> and, you, you know, and I'm a volunteer, just like you, just like many of you <laughs> who serve in the church. I'm a volunteer. I give them my time, and so I'll go and I'll work, and then I'll go and I'll do stuff at the church. And Rin, you know, she'll say, really? Do you have to go? You have to go to this church thing? And it got to the point where I don't even want to say church. Like, I'll say, I'm going to a meeting, I don't want them to hate the church. I don't want my kids to grow up hating the church. But now, after going through this study and experience last week, you know what I'm going to say? The mission is too important for me not to. The mission that Jesus Christ has called us into is too important for me not to go to this meeting or to this thing. Because I want to demonstrate. I want to demonstrate for my children that there are things worth sacrificing for. There are things that are greater than any one of us. There are missions worth sacrificing for. I think about the 
the process we just went through. For generations, the church has done this. For generations, the church has taken babies to the church and say, let us vow together to raise them, to know the love of the Father. Let us vow together to raise them, right? Presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton would one day write the book, It Takes a Village. I don't know that she actually got that quote, but she wrote the book. But it's this idea that it, it takes a village. No, it takes a church. It takes a church to raise our children. And so for generations, this has been going on. The church says, bring us, bring your, your children so that we can commit, we can vow to serve them so that they can know the love of the Father. We make this vow. You made this vow. You're here. You're like, oh, wait, did I? You did. You did. If you, if you don't go to River City Church, well, you do now. You just made that vow. You're now a member. That's all it takes. <laughs> No, that's not true. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you should be making that vow in your church as well. You're here probably because you're in their lives and you're going to live up to that commitment. But you should be making that vow in your church as well. If this isn't your home church, in your local church, there are children that need you to commit and to say, I will sacrifice. I will sacrifice my time. I will sacrifice my money. I will sacrifice my talent. Why? Because the mission is worth it. The mission to advance his church is worth it and I'm willing to do that. And we make this commitment to our children. We vow. (laughs) And it's hard because a lot of us, we can get fired up about the grand gesture of serving the Lord, right? We can get really fired up about laying down my life. Um, You know, Honoring this vow. Is that really what we're talking about? Is serving the children's ministry? I would argue it's harder to do that than it is the grand gesture. Oswald Chambers has this quote where he talks about Peter. Peter said he would die for Jesus and he meant it. But would he lay down his life for him? He draws this distinction. Peter, Peter at one point tells Jesus, I would die for you. But we all know what happens, how he denies him. And Oswald Chambers is making the point that he would have done the big grand die for you thing. But it was, in the, it was a humiliation he didn't want to endure. It was in the, the easier thing, right? Not the death. And for many of us, that's what laying down our lives looks like. Laying down our lives doesn't look like going and dying for the church. Though some of people do, but not everyone. Laying down our lives, it's more difficult to do the easy things, to do the, the, the humiliating thing or the, to do the thing that's, that's it's just showing up and, and participating in a, whatever, a, a, some use of your talent. It, it's in those things. It's not, it's not this grand gesture. It's mundane. The daily, the menial, the dying to our own desires. Man, I just got an Xbox One game that I really want to play but I'm going to die to that desire to go and do this thing. You know, like that, that's, you don't think of, oh, that's denying yourself and serving the Lord, but that is. It's giving up our own desires and serving him in the menial and the daily and everything, as well as the big. If church is like a family, this is hard. If church is like a family, we'd say, oh, I would die for my family. What about changing diapers? <laughs> If Kit were to say, Tom, I need you to change the diaper, 
which she doesn't have to do because if I smell it, I got to deal with it. All right, that's established. I am the best dad in the galaxy, so you have to do that. But let's just say, let's just assume that she had to ask me to change a diaper. All right, if she were to ask me, imagine if I were to say, I'm not called to change diapers. I'm willing to die for my family. I'm not called to do that. You see that? This idea that if we are a family, there are things, has anybody watched The Middle? You do for family. That's one of the quotes from The Middle. I love that show. But you do for family, right? We change diapers for our family. Why? Because we're part of the family. I feel bad because I don't want this to be a guilt trip. This should be a challenge for us. This should be a challenge for us. Not just River City Church members. I know that there's other people here. This should be a challenge in the way that we participate in our local community of believers, how we participate in our local church, the degree that we sacrifice to advance the mission, to advance the kingdom. I don't want it to be a a guilt trip. But at the same time, (laughs) we still don't have enough children's workers and we continue to make this, this announcement. Why is that? We cannot, I know that the, the ministry and the vision that God has given to this church community, to River City Church, is greater than what we're able to do with the people that we have now. That it will require, in order to accomplish all that we believe that God is calling us into as River City Church, will require sacrifice. It will require us to give up our time. It will require us to give up money. It will require us to give up our talents in the service of this very particular mission. And we're a church that um, we say we're a healing church. It's one of our goals. We believe that God spoke over this church and said that we will be a church that heals and so we know that there's people that are in here and they're like, I can't serve because I'm being healed up and I, I'm, I'm receiving and I'm just, I'm in a, play, a mode of receiving. Totally get it, totally get it. Just throwing it out here, throwing it out here that maybe your healing comes through service. Isaiah in 58, he, he paints this picture of the calling, really of the church, prophetic of, of Jesus' ministry. And in the end of it, he says, in this, that our, our healing will quickly come. As we do this, our healing will quickly come. And so I just want to throw that out, the possibility that maybe God is calling you into service. Maybe God is calling you to sacrifice, to give. And here's the promise. John chapter 12, verse 23 through 26. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies... It produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. The promise, the promise of of, of this beautiful picture, this weird paradox of life, is that anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it. This idea, and, and it's one of the crazy things about, you know, the kingdom of God is here and yet it's coming. And it's just one of the Christian paradoxes that if you love your life and you spend all of your effort trying to make yourself happy, you will not make yourself happy. You will not find life. But if you lose your life, which is sacrifice, if you lose your life in service, if you deny yourself, guess what? You find not only a a natural life, but an eternal life 
that fills you now, today. This weird paradox. C.S. Lewis would, would talk about it like this. He says, nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. If we want to experience this life that Jesus is talking about, this eternal life, we have to deny ourselves. We have to give up our lives. But in return, we receive the life that is truly life. It's the way Paul would say it. In that process, we experience the freedom. I, man, when I first became a Christian, when I first became a Christian, my mantra, the scripture that spoke to me the most was, was Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live. Why in the world does that bring freedom? I felt like I'm a dead man. Like, all bets are off. Make fun of me? I don't care. I'm dead. You know what I mean? Like, I am free. There is nothing. There is nothing holding me back. My past doesn't matter. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live. I am, I am a new creation. I am following a new purpose. There is so much freedom in sacrifice, in serving, in giving up ourselves. There's an opportunity for Christ to resurrect that life. My life is so much different. In this process, we will experience freedom and we will set others free. Let's stand. Jesus, I pray that we would know your voice and not mine. I pray that you would be the one that you would be the one to call us into deeper waters. Lord, we want to mature as a church. We want to be able to accomplish more and more of the mission that you are doing, that the, the gates of hell will not prevail against. Lord, we want to participate in that. Help us. Help us to practice sacrifice. Help us to know where there are opportunities for us to serve in your kingdom. Lord, we commit ourselves to you this morning. We commit ourselves to the service of your church to these children that we've dedicated. Lord, we're so thankful for what you've accomplished for us in Christ.